This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Delivery. so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 19 of the Stacey West podcast. I'm Ben and as ever I'm joined by Gary who is not in his regular uh, regular place tonight are you? No, I'm out on location tonight, Ben. I uh, usually I get myself in my little my little computer chair, and I've got all my books around me, and I can make myself sound knowledgeable because you can't see me checking them. <laughs> uh, and today I am in a bedroom in Cambridge, having literally arrived ten minutes ago. Um, but we needed to get one in, didn't we? People were saying they didn't want to wait till Friday for the podcast, and we don't really want to disappoint both our listeners. <laughs> yeah, that was the thing. It was um, I was uh, we did say the other day uh, on Twitter that you know it, people would potentially have to wait till Friday because uh, we've both got jobs that need us to be places, and it, it kind of screwed plans up for for Tuesday. Um, but yeah, um, I mean, you're you're covering a game tonight, I believe. No, I'm, I'm actually not. It's not a game. I'm tomorrow Ooh. with uh, Slack Media, which is the company that employs me to write about the Football League. Um, I'm going to see uh, Kieran Agar to be presented with his PFA Player of the Month Award for December at Milton Keynes. Ah. Uh, and then I've got to do a, an interview with him for the PFA, which is quite interesting. Um so I'm doing some stuff for them, and then I'm doing some stuff for uh, Snack Media uh, and with Bristol Street Motors as well, which is the sponsor. And that's not a plug. I don't know who they are. I, I don't care if you buy your cars from there or not. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's going to be it's going to be quite an interesting day tomorrow. Like a, a real journalist, Ben. It's it's all happening. Excellent stuff. Well, uh, all the best for that. Um, yes, and I'm sure you'll you know I'm sure we'll have uh, some some links and stuff when it's uh, when it's all live because it's very yeah. exciting times. I've actually, I've got a video here and I've obviously got a Lincoln City phone case and I'm in two minds as to whether to take my phone out of the case or not, or whether to kind of meet Kieran Agard, shake his hand, build some rapport and then suddenly I'm going to film you, mate, flash up and there's the Lincoln City right in front of him and see what his reaction is. That'd be brilliant. I'd love that. Do that. <laughs> that's that's the plan. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll kick off uh, with talking about the game on Saturday that we've just had. Um, I mean, it was it was a convincing 3-1 win 
against Morecambe, really. I think uh, you said it best in the um, in in the blog, where I think I don't, I, I honestly don't think anybody would have begrudged the referee calling it about five minutes into the second half and everyone going home and getting in the warm. Yeah, I think that's spot on. I don't, let's not take anything away from that first half performance. It's oh yeah, the magnitude of it. When you got down into the cold, I mean, I'm I'm in the upper tier. It was positively uh, uh, breezy, but nothing more up there. Um, and then you you know you got right down at the bottom where it, you know, it was cold. There was a vicious wind, and yet we were effective mm. and we were beyond functional. I would say, um, you know, we talked the other week. I think about a functional victory at Stevenage. You know, we've gone there. We've done what we needed to do. Um, what we did against Morecambe in the first half was give a glimpse of of what Lincoln City can do. Now. It's partly thanks to the opposition. Let's be honest, Morecambe were poor. Mm-hmm. They had one or two good players. Um, both of them have worn Lincoln shirts in the past. Uh, Jordan Cranston, I really liked in the middle of the park, I think, for them. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we we took them apart. And on a better day, it should have been five in the first half because there was a tap-in for Tom Pett at the far post, which he missed. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's you know, not detrimental. People miss chances. And uh, and obviously John Akindi, when he he wound his way through, could have scored the first effort, should have squared it to Shea, uh, or I think Michael O'Connor, one of the two. Mm-hmm. So it could have been five nil at half time. Um, but then, like you say, fifty minutes, you kind of think, tell you what, ref, should we just call it? Yeah, you know, we'll, we'll we'll pay Morecambe's bus fare home to make it fair on them, and we'll all just pack up. So, but it was Stockbridge, wasn't it? So, yeah, you know. I mean, I think that was the thing when uh, when Stockbridge got announced as the referee. I think a lot of people went, "Oh bloody hell, here we go!" But you kind of picked up on it, and you said, "Well, he's a referee that likes the you know he likes the home crowds, he likes the home atmosphere." So you could almost guess that there was going to be a penalty at some point, and it was probably going to be for us. And sure enough. We got one. I mean, it it was it was a penalty. There's no doubts about it in my mind. But it it, it was one of those where you just think, okay, well, it was fairly obvious that he was going to do it at some point. Um, but I want to talk about the, the the two goals either side of the penalty. Um, the first. Ooh, that's interesting because I want to talk about the penalty. So should we do all three? Okay. Yeah. Sure. Um, we'll start with the first goal. Uh, why not? Um, I think the a lot of a lot of talk is being given. Um, you know, myself included with regards to Shackle's goal. But that first goal, um, I showed it to someone at work on Monday and they just went, bloody hell, that's some really, really nice football being played there. And it was a really good move. You know, the, the ball sort of moved nicely and, and Tom Pett, what a ball that was from Tom Pett through to uh, to, to Harry Toffolo and he just, you know, put the ball across and uh, Harry Anderson nipped in, completely ghosted his man and, and took it away. I thought it was a really, really well-worked goal, lovely bit of football, and it was uh, it was a deserved lead, really. And I think I think a lot of people expected it to be a bit of a rout at that point. Um, yeah. But- I, th- I think it was the best goal of the game, um, without a doubt. And I think you, I was waiting for you to say about Tom Pett's pass, little bit Marriott-esque. It was one <laughs> of those round the corner where the runner wasn't instantly kind of obvious and then he popped up and um you know they stay sometimes training uh corner routines etc straight off the training ground that was a training ground move it was just i mean tom pet's vision at times and yeah i don't want to overstate a player who's playing in what is effectively the fourth division because there's reasons that they play there mm. but sometimes tom pet's vision 
is phenomenal. He plays some wonderful, wonderful passes. And Harry Toffolo was 60% fit at best. Mm. And he had a, a major part to play in that goal as well. And people criticise Harry Anderson, but I'll tell you something, one thing he does do well is just pop up every so often in the area in a place where you think, what the hell's the winger doing there? And his finish was as cool as anything. And it showed in Harry for the rest of the game because he got that goal, the smile came on his face and he played for the next 90 minutes with a smile on his face. Yeah. Absolutely. I think it was, uh, I, I think you're right in that it was the, you know, in terms of football, I think it was the best, best goal of the game. Um, in terms of spectacle, I think it was the third one, but we'll, we'll talk about the penalty. Yeah, I'll, I'll start on the penalty, shall I? Because I know you are always the one that wanted to talk about that. So <laughs> I picked up on the, the pregnant pause there. It's going to be harder to bounce off you because you're actually away to my left-hand side on the floor coming out of a tinny laptop speaker <laughs> rather than my all singing, all dancing hunk of junk that keeps crashing at home. Um, what I'd like to say about the penalty, it was a penalty, but it was no different to the one that wasn't given against Port Vale, I think it was, when Bruno was barged down. It was no different to the one that was given against Port Vale when their lad was barged down. It's an easy one to give in front of a home crowd, um, but it was a silly, silly challenge from their fullback. And the reason I wanted to talk about the penalty, I'm actually going to backtrack a little bit because I thought Stockbridge got that spot on. And I actually thought overall he didn't have a bad game. Um, he he didn't flash the cards around. It was a cold day. There was one or two challenges that were a bit tasty. And I thought he managed it well. And it's, yeah, I don't want to complain about a referee that always gives us a penalty. Um, against Accrington last year, that wasn't a penalty. Their lads got his card rescinded. I think, was it Berry earlier this year he gave us a penalty? Uh, I think it was, yeah. Might have been Berry earlier this year, which again it was dubious as to whether it was or wasn't. I think we would have we wouldn't have liked it. Um but there wasn't actually that much of a roar for Seb, was there? Because everyone was too bloody cold to get off their seat. Yeah. Um, you know, when they scored, there was barely a ripple. I think their guy banged the drum a couple of times and then thought, that's ten minutes to go, we're three one down, sod it. <laughs> and everything kind of just, you know, dampened down. Um but we're still on air. I'm still on air because John Akindi didn't let us down, did he? No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was uh, it, as soon as he as soon as he stepped up, I went, "Oh God, am I doing the podcast on my own this week?" <laughs> I would have stuck to it as well. I would have stuck to it, but I'm not making any more outlandish promises like that because it was only afterwards I thought, "Shit, if he had missed, I would I would have to listen to the podcast." And uh, I, I, I prefer doing it at the minute. So. <laughs> anyway, yeah. onto the third goal. You want to pick that up, do you, Ben? Yeah, I mean, it, it was. I, I think um, I think Big John said it best after the game. You know, he was speaking to Michael on the, on the radio, and he just said, you know, "Let's talk about uh, let's talk about Jason's goal." And he went, "Yeah, where the hell did that come from?" And <laughs> honestly, the the only reaction that I had was when he he put the ball down, and I turned to my wife. I just went, "Shackles taking a free kick! What the bloody oh my god!" <laughs> And that that was it. That was my genuine response. I just stood up, went, oh, my God, and clapped with my gloved hands um, <laughs> to kind of add to what was uh, an almighty roar, I think. Um, even though, like you say, we were most of us were sort of shivering at some point. It was, uh, I mean, what a strike it was. You can't, I don't think the ball even span. He just hit it and it just flew. I think it might still be going now if the if the net and the stand weren't in the way. It was just a peach of a goal. Nah, he just twatted it, didn't he? <laughs> that was it. It was a hit and hope and he got it right. 
99 times out of 100, 999 times out of 1,000, that bothers somebody in their living room over on Sinsel Bank, bangs on their window, and it eventually comes down from orbit. <laughs> um, I, I did the same as you. I looked up and I said, Jason Shackles taking this, turns to my mate Dave, and says, there's only one place this is going. And uh, and with that, he scored. And Dave said, I can't wait for you to bloody put on the podcast about that. And I said, no. I said, I meant the only place it was going was in. in he says, if you net, try yeah. and pull that on your listeners, he says, I'll call you out. <laughs> and yeah. I would have called, I would have pulled it as well, but you go, I can't get one over Dave, can we? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it was a wonderful, wonderful strike. I think it was, uh, it, it probably, it, it made everything seem a little bit warmer than it was. And of course, you know, um, uh, our good friend, Mr. Ellison, getting in on the act towards the end of the game. Um, it was a goal that I don't think we we would have been happy to concede. Uh, obviously, you're never happy when you concede goals, but it was one of those where diagonal ball across. And I think, um, uh, I mean, we've, we've spoken before about James Wilson and I, I'm in the same boat as you in that I like James Wilson. I think he's all right, but he's not a right back and it's really starting to show. Um, I think... Ellison managed to lose him, which was, uh, you know, I mean, Kevin Ellison's what thirty nine, nearly forty, and yeah, yeah, he's about my age, yeah, yeah, and I think th- the fact that he managed to to lose, um, t- to lose Wilson was it was a bit disappointing, but I mean, you know, like I said, we've we've said before, we know he's not a right back, he knows he's not a right back, he's he's kind of deputising for for Neil Erdley, and at the moment. I don't think there's many people in the league that would be able to deputise for Neil Erdley. So, I don't uh, think anyone can deputise for Neil Erdley properly. Yeah. Not for what he brings. And, you know, James Wilson knows he's not a right back. That's yeah. The, yeah, that's another key point to remember that James Wilson doesn't think he's a right back either. Um, yeah. I'd a little bit disappointed with Grant Smith's positioning for it. I know he's come across his goal, so maybe that's a bit harsh, but I felt on the angle there might have been a parry there. Um, you know, Grant had a tough afternoon. It's one he'll want to put behind him, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it was. Uh, I think all in all, um, we'll probably put we'll probably put Morecambe to bed at this point. But it was uh, it was an enjoyable afternoon, despite the uh, the absolutely Baltic temperatures. Um, I, I actually had a text from a friend of mine who was sat in the uh, in in the Salenti stand, um, and just before kick off, he went, "How's that wind working out for you?" I was like, "Don't." <laughs> Just don't. <laughs> um, well, at least, at least we can all warm ourselves up with a warm drip. Oh, oh no, we can't, can we? Oh no. Uh, yeah, I did see that message from the club as well. I thought, ah, oh, right, okay. I didn't. Uh, I, I think we managed to um, we managed to get in ahead of that because was it in the was it in the co op stand? Do you know what? Actually, I've made the cheap jibe. I didn't try and get a drink. I know better than to try and do that. Um, but yeah, I believe it was in the co-op stand corner of the Stacey West and co-op. The problem you've got is, and it's not a topic that I think we should go too far into. Certainly, all I'll say is, as a member of the supporters board, um, we have discussed this on several levels. But you must remember that the club are in a contract, a business contract with with somebody else. And therefore, um, it would be remiss of them to tell Pete generally to speak to, you know, it would be bad bad business practice to talk to openly about it. Um, But these incidents do not go without note. Now, allegedly, this wasn't the caterer's fault uh, because of the power cut. It was the caterer's fault that they continued to serve food that simply hadn't been prepared or certainly drinks. And that that's my fundamental problem is you go to buy a Bovril 
or a hot chocolate or whatever they serve and they go to you, there's your hot chocolate and you go, it's not hot. And they go, yeah, we can't heat it up. Oh, right. Okay. So go to McDonald's, say, can I have a burger? You know, there's your, there's your beef patty and bread. You take a bite out, but it's not cooked. Yeah. The cooker's down, but you know, you've got, you've got your burger anyway. That's not, it's not what we're discussing, but I, there's something I, I'm personally, I wasn't particularly happy to hear that. Um, no, I mean, it, it's not ideal, particularly, you know, when, um, when things are seemingly going right elsewhere, but it's, uh, it was a frustration that I think a few people around me share in general with, with the state of things. I'm not, a, not a state of things, it's probably a harsh way to put it, but with, with certain things around the, uh, the, the catering side of things at the minute, but that's like you say it's a conversation to have another time um and i'm sure we will do because we've actually got quite a bit to discuss tonight yeah um the so the next thing uh that we're going to talk about is the visit on saturday of newport um newport are sitting sixth in the league at the moment uh they're on a bit of an inconsistent run of form they've sort of drawn two uh, sorry, one, two, lost three of the last five. So they've they're sort of a bit up and down at the moment. Um, it's it's one of those that it's going to be really hard to call. Um, what, what what do you reckon? Yeah, well, I mean, I've done a load of research actually. I've written quite a bit down. I've left my pad in Lincoln, so I'm going to do it from memory. Um, I'd actually got down that they've lost three of the last four. Um, so I, I, that kind of fits with what you've said. Um, yes, they are inconsistent. Meanwhile, they will pre- they will pose a threat up front. Um, they've got obviously Padraig Amand and Jamil Matt uh, play mm. up top for them. Two very very good players, um, natural goal scorers on their day. Um, if I remember correctly, Matt I think is a bit of a unit, and he, you know he, Amand we know all about. Unfortunately, from his day playing in uh, black and white scum. Um, mm. But Newport play a four three three formation. Uh, I would think their players are probably more suited to a four four two, but who knows? Uh, I'm not a football manager, but they've got Keanu Marsh Brown there, who I thought was harshly treated at Forest Green. He's not really getting a run in at Newport either, so um, maybe maybe he only performs against us. Uh, they've got some good lads at the back. Fraser Franks is there. I think they've got David Pipe there as well. Uh, they are sixth. They will. I'm going to be bold and say they will finish outside the top seven at the end of the season. Um, the manager is obviously being touted as a possible Bristol Rovers manager. Um, he was linked with Shrewsbury. I think he's going to be one of those climbers in that he's going to suddenly go, actually, do you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm off. Um, because Newport have got fundamental problems as well. Rodney Parade still floods um, at the at a little drop of rain. Their match was called off, obviously, with Mansfield at the weekend. It still gets very dangerous. And we're coming into that that season where pitches hold their water so i think they'll fall away you might be able to hear dogs barking in the background a little bit of background noise cracking um <laughs> so yeah I, I, look i, I didn't I, it's a game we've got to win you know we've got to go out and win that there's no point in saying oh i've got a good draw against the team that's six because you know we're lincoln city we should be beating newport but it'll be a tough match yeah um i mean it's it, it is like you say one of those that on paper i think we should uh I'd, I'd like to see us take a you know a decent three points off Newport, um, but it, it it is one of those where on their day it, it might turn it you know they might turn it round and given the you know I say given the form table they're massively inconsistent at the moment. Um, if we can keep those front two quiet, 
then we we see you know I think we stand a decent chance of picking up all three points. It's just that they've you look at their you know you look at their goals at the moment. I think they've scored just I think they've scored thirty thirty two thirty three at the minute. Yep. Um, and you've got two players that have scored twenty you know twenty four of those between them. So the the goals aren't coming from everywhere like they are with 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 Lincoln. And if you can keep those uh, you know if, if you can get Bozzy and Shackle to to do their jobs extremely well and keep the guys quiet then i personally think we stand a decent chance of uh of, of taking all three so and one thing that i had written down which has just come to me i think they've won one, one away game this season in the league oh really and they went away at the metropolitan police I, I may stand corrected there it may be two but it's certainly not very many away matches um i think i'd done crew as well i think crew have only won one away so Okay. It, it's a game that they're going to come try and be solid. They're a four-three-three. They're going to try and remain compact in the middle and get some width from um, from t- three, two of the front three. So it will be it will be a battle. And again, if Bruno's fit, uh, he'll be he'll be useful. And also Harry, if Harry's in the same sort of form he was in this Saturday, just gone and he's bullish and he's battling and you know he, his end product wasn't was better. Um, if he's in that sort of form, brilliant, you know, fantastic. Um, I, it's, it's a winnable game for me. I just, I always feel it. I think you go to Newport and it's always tough. I think they come to you and, and it's a game that you expect to take all three points from. Certainly in League Two, certainly in the position that we're in. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, uh, like I say, it, it's winnable. It just uh, depends which Newport show up because, you know, as we said, massively inconsistent with regards to form at the minute. Um, so we'll move away from from actual matches at the minute to talk about uh, two of the other hot topics that are currently permeating social media and all the rest of it. So the first one is the rumour that I think everybody's heard over the past week or so, um, and it now seems to be gaining a little bit more credibility um, around it, and that is that Matt Green is allegedly off to Salford in January. Now it was kind of not cemented, but it was it was given some strength at the weekend with um, with Matt Green coming over to the um, coming over to the fans at the end of the game and throwing a shirt into the crowd. Um, I, I mean, if he does go, and it's sounding more and more like he's going to, I I don't think I can blame him. To be honest, um, I'm, I'm going to be gutted to see him leave because he's you know. He, top scorer last season he's doing good things when he comes off the bench for us at the minute but it's the fact that he's doing it coming off the bench and I know we've had a lot of to and fro in about um you know with certain people on on social media and, and in person as well about you know whether John O'Kindy should be starting and all the rest of it um over Matt Green and I'd, I'd I kind of feel for Greeny in a way because he's he's a player that he deserves to be starting in any league two side at the minute, we're not just any League Two side. We're, you know, we're, we're top of the table and we're we're doing well. It's it's a tricky one, but I can see it. You know, particularly if the money is is what is allegedly being offered. I think um, I've, you know, he's he's not getting any younger, and I've the, the figures that I've heard being banded around are substantial for somebody of of you know of Matt Green's age. So I think if he can he can get into the Salford team. Um, fire them up to the uh, you know to to the league i think it's going to be an interesting one for him but i mean your your take on it 
Yeah, first of all, the Newport stat was wrong. Um, they've won four away all season, but they had, the stat I'd got for them was they haven't won away since September the 22nd in right. the league, only in the FA Cup. So I just wanted to correct that before anyone goes, oh, Gary's a knobhead. Um, <laughs> so that's that. Yeah, look, with Matt Green, um, let's start with, with the negatives, and there's a couple of statistics that it's worth making note of. Scott Wharton has started more games in the league this year. Um James Wilson has started more games in the league this year and Ellis Chapman has started the same amount of games in the league this year. Matt Green's come on in 17 of our league matches. The next highest is 11 um, with uh, Matt Reed, and then it's James Wilson, I think, with five. So Green's been marginalised very quickly. And because we you know, we see Matt Green and he wears the number 10 and he's getting on regularly, we're kind of thinking he's still involved. But in actual fact... You know, since uh, even since the opening day of the season, where let's face it, he scored the winner. Um, he's not been starting, and if you're not starting football matches when you're Matt Green's age, which is what you know, just turned thirty-one, I think something like that. Mm. He's just got a young family; just had a baby a couple of weeks ago. Did they not? Um, yeah. He's got to look for his future. Uh, I've heard Salford. I've heard whispers that Mansfield wants to take him back there. Um, which would be a wholly unpopular. I, I can't even begin to think the how Banter would react to that, how some people would go into meltdown if he went back to Mansfield, including me, um, because yeah. it would not be popular at all. But you know, this is football, and he's well he's well liked there. David Flickcroft would love to get one over on us. It's possible. Matt Green's an ambitious man. He wants to stay in the football league. Um, I've heard talk of fees of, of maybe a hundred thousand pounds. You know, seventy five hundred thousand be the going rate for somebody like Matt Green. Seventeen goals last year. Um, played Championship football, albeit briefly. Um, on a personal note, I'd, I'd, it'd be very difficult for me to let it go because I really like Matt Green and I've championed Matt Green ever since he arrived. And last year, before the Port Vale game at home, when Matt Green was this year's John Akindi and everybody was on his case and he can't score and bring Reed in and bring Palmer in and you know, all the usual toss that you read. I was championing Matt Green. I'm not blowing my own trumpet for that because I believed in him. Um, mm. And I think he proved us right in the second half of the season and he would have scored more goals had he not had to play out of position in a front three for the final 10, 15 games. Um, he did not suit a 4-3-3. Danny did not want to play a 4-3-3, but he didn't have the players to play any other method. Certainly not when Danny Rowe got injured and a couple of others. He had to play 4-3-3. So Matt Green suffered. He would have scored 20-25, in my opinion, had he had he kept playing as part of a two-man forward line with Matt Reid. Um, yeah, it'd be difficult to see him go. Really rate Matt Green. You know, one of the best centre-forwards that we've had at the club in the last... Decade, dare I say, when does that take us back to? 2008, so just at the tail end of Forrester leaving. Can't think of a centre-forward that I've liked as much as Matt Green since Jamie Forrester, I don't think. Possibly mm. Ben Tomlinson. Um, but he's got his future to think of. And the other thing, and I know it's the sound of my voice everyone's hearing at the minute, so my apologies. Um, but the other thing to consider is, do we sell him and get money that we can reinvest? Or do we go, no, you're not going anywhere, Matt. Play him for another 17 times for 10, 15 minutes at the end of a game and then let him go for free because we're a business at the end of the day. And promotion is not going to hinge on who we bring on in the last 10 or 15 minutes. It's going to hinge on the players that are playing for an hour to 75 minutes. Um, And if Matt Green goes, 
I guarantee that Danny will reinvest that money, not necessarily in a centre forward, but in a player that will have additional impact elsewhere in the field. Um, that's football. And when, you know, we're fans, so we get emotionally attached to players and, you know, I, I know obviously you, when I say emotionally attached, people like Peter Jackson, you know, mean something to you on a personal level. Uh, to me, the likes of Nathan means something to Nathan Arnold, means something to me on a personal level and we get attached to that. But it's just a job for them. And that's not making out that they're, you know, they're blasé, but it is just a job. It pays their bills. You know, they say in interviews, we love Lincoln City, we love the ground, but if they're not playing football and at the end of the year he's out of contract, he's got to do the right thing. So, yeah. Yeah, and no, absolutely. I think that's the thing where, um, you know, the, the, if it is in, if it is Salford that's, that's, that's being, you know, that's being rumoured, I think, um, like, I, like I mentioned, I think the, the money that, is being touted around is is substantial for for someone of of Matt Green's quality, um, and I think anybody at, you know thirty one um, who's like you say just had a you know just got a young family. I think um, the, the amount of money that's being touted, I've I've heard around four grand a week um, for for somebody of you know the, of that caliber. It, it's something that you can't realistically turn down, um, and particularly if you've got a um, you know, if, if your club have potentially got a hundred thousand pounds coming in for you, and you've been offered that sort of money, then it's it's possibly going to be the best. You know, if it if it is to Salford, I think it'd be the best terms for for Matt to go out on, um, because I would hate to see him sitting on the bench looking really unhappy, and you know, coming on grumbling, thinking, "Oh, I could have been on four grand a week at Salford for this." You know, maybe coming on and and. He, he, not say that he would he wouldn't work hard because he always has done and he always will do, but I I just think it might be the best move for him at this point. Um, but having said that, we you know I think we'd all miss him. I think we would all find him. Uh, we'd, well, we'd miss the goals, we'd miss the running, we'd miss the 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 attitude that he's got because I've I've had the pleasure of meeting Matt a couple of times and he is a lovely lovely guy. Um, and he's, you know, he's always got a smile on his face. He's always happy to do things for the fans. He's always happy to do anything for anybody. Um, but, you know, like you say, that's football. You, you kind of, things move on and, and you, you sign other people and, and the, the team moves on and upwards. Um, just quickly want to touch on a potential, not potential, well, yeah, potential replacement if um, if Matt Green does go. We are rumoured to be in on the hunt for... A loan deal for Moisa from uh, from Bristol City. I mean, if you, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm I'm intrigued by this because it's one of those stories where it comes up and you think, really? Um, uh, I'm guessing from your reaction that you 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 either well you, you don't think it's going to happen. Well, I, I mean, I did an article, didn't I, where I obviously I touted him as a potential replacement um, on the Stacey West, and I did that based kind of loosely on some of the rumours. Um, I can't see it. I can't see a £1.5 million striker coming back to Lincoln City. Um, but who knows? The other thing is Mo could, in theory, play the Shane McCartan role. Um, but Danny's not going to shuffle the team around again to accommodate Mo Issa. And I know that maybe sounds ridiculous given that he's price tagging his goals last year, but he's not. He's not going to do it. He's not going to go, right, John Akindi, you're going to sit on the bench now because we've got Mo Issa and he plays best of the two and we're going to put him playing off Reedy. It's not going to happen. Um, yeah, look, 
you never know with Danny. I, I'm not going to rule anything out because Danny Cowley seems to have more aces up his sleeve than it's possible. I'm never going to play them out at poker, that's for sure. Um, but I can't see it. I can't see Bristol City letting him go out on loan. You know, they paid a load of money for him. They're not doing particularly well. He spent he spent time out injured. Um, so obviously, I covered a football league. So he spent, I think, two, two months out injured. So we haven't really had a shot. And they only have to look at the goals Jack Marriott scoring for Derby to know that there's value in players. Um, and if he does go out on loan, where are they going to want to send him? They're going to want to send him to play against the likes of Cheltenham and Yeovil, or they're going to want to send him to play like against the likes of Sunderland or for Sunderland, Peterborough and teams like that. It'll be League One. I'll tell you, there's more. I mean, you might want to comment on the ISA thing, but there's more chance of us actually having a deal in place to sign Shane McCartan with the money we make from Matt Green. Yeah, that's that's another thing. Is obviously we'll we'll talk about this in our uh, in our transfer window special, which is yeah. coming next week. Um, thought I'd get that little plug in there. Uh, but we are, you know, we're going to do that um, over the weekend to talk about next week. Um, but I, the, the more I think about it, the more I just I can't see Shane McCartan staying. Um, I know Bradford have sort of hit a little bit of a purple patch in terms of goals recently, but for the money that Bradford spent can you can you realistically see us breaking a transfer record two times in a year um or in, in maybe in the space of 6 months it's it's it, it's possibly it's one of those where i i can't see it happening but yeah they'll not recruit, they'd, they'd not get the money back uh, I know we'll cover it later, but if if they spend one hundred and fifty or two hundred thousand on Shea McCart and, and they play him from the bench for twelve months and loan him out to League Two, they're not going to get the same money back. And that's fact. Mm. Um, yeah, it's just it's not going to happen. And if anybody's going to sign the boy in League Two, it's going to be us. Again, yeah. I think that's um, yeah, that's that's the situation. I mean, touching back on icy now, I've been thinking about it. Danny has a good relationship with Bristol City, so you don't know. Yeah. That's that's the one thing that I I was going to sort of pick up on is that he you know he seems to get on fairly well with uh, with Mr Johnson. So here's another one for you then, Joe Nuttall, Blackburn Rovers striker. Um, mm. News has broken today that he's being hunted by a host of League uh, Two clubs. Three League Two clubs are after him on loan till the end of the season. Um, Nuttall scored against us in the EFL Cup. Um, played and I believe scored in the friendly at the beginning of the season as well. He's at Blackburn who we've already got a relationship with. But yeah, transfer window special, eh? Yes, yeah, we'll we'll touch on that uh, next week because obviously we don't, you know, much as we love everybody that listens, we're not going to record on Boxing Day because um, we're probably going to be drunk. Yeah. Well, I probably am. Um, we should do a drunk podcast. That'd be great. That would be amazing. Um, I fear I may say something that might get me sacked from my job if we do, but yeah, well, let's, let's toy with that idea at some point. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the other thing, we've had a couple of requests uh, come in and people have said that they're looking forward to the pod to hear our take on some of the stuff that's been said about the Everton tickets. Now, I, I don't want to, so I don't want to stand here and you know sit here and say, look, I'm I'm going to disappoint everybody, but I think really we we kind of said what we needed to say last week. Um, it the amount of people that are sitting there criticising the club and saying, oh, this is this is bollocks. I didn't get a ticket, and you know, 
you probably weren't. Like at the end of it, there were what? There were five and a half thousand tickets. We've got six and a half thousand season ticket holders. We've got X number of my imps uh, members. I don't think that that number's ever been made public. But you know, you weren't guaranteed a ticket. And even if they just put the tickets on sale to season ticket holders, which I think we've established that's what we would have preferred to see, that that 100% going to season ticket holders, um, you weren't guaranteed a ticket then. Now, I've said this before and I'll say it again. The This attitude of, well, I was there at the bad times. I was there, you know, if Karsh Alton and I was there at Boreham Wood and I was there when, you know, we went to the arse end of nowhere and I was there when this. So that ultimately, I'm sorry, it doesn't matter. And it yes, it might suck. It completely sucks if you've, if you've missed out on a ticket for Everton. But we couldn't, the, as a club, the club couldn't do any more than they were doing. They couldn't give any more tickets out because they spoke to Everton. They said, right, this is the number of tickets that we want. Everton turned around and said, okay, this this is realistically the number of tickets that we can give to you. It's the highest number of tickets. And this is the, this is the fact that I think so many people keep seemingly forget. It was the highest number of tickets that Everton have given out to anybody since Chelsea in an FA Cup quarterfinal. That, that stat alone you know, over the past few years, you've got Chelsea, then you've got Lincoln, and then you've got every other Premier League team. And, you know, every other team they've ever faced in a cup competition. That's an impressive stat. Now, yeah, all right. The Eventbrite, I personally don't have an issue with Eventbrite. I've not had a problem since it started. Um, I've used to be fair, I'd used Eventbrite previously with you know with other situations, but when the club signed up with Eventbrite, I thought, okay, cool, that's going to be good. Um, but the thing that you've got to remember is that Eventbrite isn't just a Lincoln City based thing; they are a multinational company. You know, and it, it, people say, oh well, they couldn't handle three thousand extra people going on the website at once. No, that, that, that's not the case. That is absolutely not the case. Like they, they will have built things into place so that it can handle a huge amount of traffic, not just 3,000 people from Lincoln trying to get on. Um, my my biggest problem is that the the general attitude seems to be, oh, well, I got a ticket, so, so every, everything's great. And if you didn't get a ticket, it's unfair and it's bullshit. It's like, look, at the end of it, everybody should have known that there was a chance they wouldn't get a ticket for the Everton game. And if you've not got one, it sucks. It completely sucks. And, you know, somebody that may, it may only be their third game of the season, but they may be going to Everton because they got lucky with the My Imps draw. It's like, great. Okay. It sucks. But ultimately, that's kind of, that's, that's life, essentially. It's, you know, it, it's not going to be, it's not going to be roses all the time. Um, I don't know. I, I don't want to say anything else on it. I think it's, some of the stuff that's been levied at the club this week has been horrendous and it was nothing less than I expected because people don't, they, they can't see past their own nose. Um, and it's, it's disappointing to see people that, you know, should really know better and should understand the situation. Um, 
just having a bit of a hissy fit because they're not going to be able to go to Everton. Yeah. Sorry, went off on one there. I'm not saying no about it. I got sick and tired of hearing about it on the radio. Beat Morecambe 3-1, first thing. Die Hard should get the Everton tickets. All I'd say is season ticket holders got first dibs. Some people I know missed out. It's not not easy. But for me, to a degree, diehards uh, can't be quantified. And I'd love them to be able to be. But I, I maintain, I was chatting to a friend of mine that Lincoln City have always had around three to 4,000 fans because if you took Welling at home in the Moyes era, let's say, or in you know, 2,000 people there, and then you take Dover at home, 2,100, and you take somebody else, 1,800. It's not necessarily that the 1,800 are there every week and then there's just a milling around of a couple of hundred here or there. You know, it, it, it ebbs and it flows. And there's, I would say there's a hardcore of five, six, seven hundred that do not ever, ever miss a game at all. And then, you know, there's another three, four, five hundred at that time that were missing two, three, four a season. And then you've still got another a group of, you know, a thousand or so, like me when I lived in Cambridge, that turned up three, four, five games a season. And it's just, yeah, everyone's got a reason why they want to go to Everton. And then you get the other knobheads who go, yeah, but it's more important, not knobheads, sorry, because that's cruel, but people, more important than we go to Cambridge. Why aren't everyone queuing up for that? And I, I just, I don't know, turning, being a fan into a competition, that doesn't sit well with me. And no. devaluing the competition that we're playing in, i.e. League Two, doesn't sit well. Overvaluing it as if, you know, you're not a proper fan if you want to go to Everton doesn't sit well either. I just, I, I, do you know what? I hope next year we get knocked out in the first round because we didn't have any of this crap last year, did we? We were only falling out about the Checker Trade trophy and it was easier to argue because that was black and white. You know, it was even, you know, boycott or no boycott. There was clear lines, but this whole, you know, I sit next to someone who's been going 35 years and he hasn't got an Everton ticket. He deserves one more than a sponsor that's been here two years, but's ploughed 30 grand into the club. You know, deserve entitlement they are words that absolutely rankle my arse really do just it, it just gets to me do you know what i could sit i didn't miss out on a ticket you know why because at seven o'clock i went on eventbrite and not everyone can do it fair enough at seven o'clock i went on eventbrite i was all ready i didn't have two screens open i wasn't doing anything special i bought my tickets i bought a season ticket at the beginning of the year and i got a ticket if I hadn't got a ticket, what would I be doing? Would I be going, well, I was poacher for 16 years. I do a podcast. I deserve a ticket more than, more than who? More than someone that drives from Scotland 10 times a year to watch us? No. More than someone who I know very well who gets a train from Merthyr Tydfil across the country to go to Cambridge or to go to Wimbledon or to come to Sinsel Bank, but can only make 10, 15 games a year. What? Why would I deserve more? Why would I deserve tickets more than him? Why would he deserve them more than me? Who deserves what? And that, you know, it's not just a football thing. It's it's life in general at the minute. Everyone has a sense of entitlement. You know, you drive in a car park. Everybody feels that they deserve the, 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 the free parking space or they deserve to park closer to the shop. Or, you know, you go into a shop, people think they deserve to be served first. They deserve, oh, ah, do you know what? It's not just Everton, it's everything, isn't it? So, yeah. That's, and he, uh, yeah, I just, it did annoy me when on Radio Lincolnshire coming home in a freezing cold and you got some, and I will call this one a knobhead going, I didn't get my Everton ticket. Diehards are missing out. Fuck off. 5,500 people are going. There's not that many diehards missing out. There's some, granted, but if they were diehard and all the people that have got tickets, the season ticket holders are diehards, 
my only gripe is reselling the my imps membership before the second my imps allocation goes on for me that mm. uh, personally that didn't sit well but the club have done it to make more money i get that but that didn't sit well with me that's kind of like yeah. saying now you bought a my imps at the beginning of the season well guess what means nothing now because we're going to offer it up and the number of people saying i bought my imps so that I could get a ticket but the people that were saying that were people that i you look at them and think oh yeah they're there every week so you know yeah. what do you do i said i wasn't going to talk about it and look what i've done <laughs> yeah it's it, i think that's that's the point at which we will you know we'll draw a line under that Absolutely. because i'm i'm fed up of it i don't want to see any more people fishing and and you know putting something oh this is my first game of the season i'm loving the evertons and i can't wait because i'm and I'm, I'm being funny lol no you're not just you're winding people up for the hell of it and just that's ban- just leave it at that that's banter though ben and not not the site i mean i you know there's a lot of good elements lincoln city banter i mean the word banter you know it, it's basically the word banter is is just a way of people acting like an utter knobhead and then afterwards going oh no it's banter though isn't it no, do you know, like you said, no, it's not. Do you know what? Lying on the internet and then when people call you out on it going, oh, I've caught a big one there, that's not banter. That's just being a wanker. It really is. That's If that if that is how you get your enjoyment, lying on the internet and then when people picking it up, going, I've caught a whopper, genuinely what you need to do, in my opinion, is, is read a book or watch a film or shut yourself in a darkened fucking room and throw away the key. Um, yeah, well, that's. I think that's probably um, that's probably a good place to to end the pod for the week. Yeah, um, I'd go with that because it's it's fair. I think that is an absolutely fair statement to make. Um, right, okay, um, that's going to do us. As I say, we're going to have a special next week where we're going to talk about the transfer window and hopeful incomings. Hopefully, not too many outgoings. Um, for for the imps and we'll, we'll i suppose we'll talk about uh we'll talk about the game on saturday as well because we're hoping to record it after that um other than that i think that's probably going to do us i've got a plug oh go on then go for it all being well as long as uh all the horses are pulling all the carts in the right directions we will be selling the end of year issue of the stacy west on saturday now, my top seller, Mike, the main man who stands by the Stacey West End selling it for us, is in Australia over Christmas. Um, so you will be able to buy it from the lovely Fiona, um, who's my partner. She will be in her usual place, I believe, in the fan zone. And we may have another seller for the Stacey West. It might be that Fee goes at the Stacey West End of the ground uh, in Mike's patch and I'm having to sell, um, which, you know, I write it. Actually, I've hardly written any of it this time, so I can't really say that. I edit it, so uh, now I've stopped writing much of it. I really should should sell it. But yeah, please keep an eye out for that. It's a Christmas cracker. Mm, excellent. Right, well, I will be uh, I'll be picking up a copy on Saturday. I'll uh, be sure to give that a read, and uh, we will see what we have to talk about after the game on Saturday in order for next week's podcast to take place. So thank you for listening. As I said, as ever, please do leave us a review wherever it is you listen, tell a friend, um, all the good stuff so that we can keep growing because we're, we're doing all right at the minute. Good. Um, yeah. So, right. We'll see you next time, guys. Take care. Nice. Bye.
90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.